Hey everybody, uh, my name is Joe Leonard. And I'm Matt Van Slott. This is Two Boys and a Bible. I am so excited. We are so excited. This is our first podcast that we're doing for Two Boys and a Bible. Uh, and basically, we've chosen the book of First Peter to start. We're going to go through it verse by verse, chunk by chunk, and kind of tear it apart exegetically and uh, historically, theologically. Basically, the, the point of this podcast is to give us as well as the hearer an appreciation for the word of God uh, and kind of just make it come to life. Mm. And so that's why we're here. Um, we're both really excited to start this podcast. I really hope that uh, you find it enjoyable and continue listening. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. All right. So today we're going to be going through First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And Matt, would you mind reading those verses for us today? Of course. Give him a little time. He's uh, turning, flipping those pages, getting to that passage. Okay. First Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. All right, so, um, you know, the first thing we really want to get into is just a little bit more about this Peter guy. Uh, Matt, would you want to dive into a little bit about who Peter is? Sure. So who is Peter? Um, Peter, we know from the Gospels that he is a fisherman, right? Jesus called him while he was fishing with his brother Andrew. Um, He was known as, not Peter, he was known as Simon. Uh, which later Jesus uh, took him to the mountain, right, with uh, James and John, mm-hmm. um, with the transfiguration. And after this, uh, Simon confessed that Jesus was Messiah, that Jesus was the Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So then Jesus said, oh, no, Simon's not a fitting name for you. So he called him uh, Cephas, right, which is Aramaic, uh, translated rock for Peter. Um and Jesus gave Peter the responsibility of, of leading this messianic community or, or af- after Jesus left, we'll kind of talk about this more, but, but just giving him some kind of authority, right? Not heavenly authority, but just to lead, lead this community of Jews, um, keep them on the right track. Um, and so later he started preaching more, more than just in Israel. And this letter is, is one of those examples of he's, he's sending this letter out uh, um, to different communities, um, in, in Asia Minor, um, to to encourage them to remain faithful. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's that's kind of that doesn't speak to who who the personality of Peter is, but but we're we're trying to get to the the nitty gritty of what G, of what Peter is trying to say, what he has to show us, introduce us to Jesus is the, is the main goal. Yes, Amen. And so Peter, Peter's ultimate goal then is to introduce us to who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as we're going to see in this in this first section of First Peter, uh, Peter is is kind of trying to describe the community that he's that he's writing to. Mm-hmm. Right, he's trying to describe that that the the community he's writing to is to those who are exiles in the dispersion of Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, or Bithynia. Um, He's writing to exiles. And so uh, let's kind of dive into um, this idea of how Peter 
came to view his his readers or his listeners as exiles. Why Peter wants to identify his his uh, community or his listeners as exiles. Um, so to start, we're just going to talk about Peter and Jesus when Jesus was in his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter saw Jesus as the most powerful and popular person in the entire world. Oh, yeah. He's like a celebrity. Celebrity, literally. I mean, Jesus was walking around and there was someone with leprosy. And what did he do? He he took away his leprosy. He healed, he took him. Away, he healed him. There was there was someone who was there. There was a little girl who was dead and Jesus walked into the house, closed the door. And what did he do? He said, Talitha Kum, right? Come, little girl arise. Yes. Amen. Yes, he did. Uh, and and this news of Jesus spread throughout the land. Everyone knew who this Jesus was. Um, not only could he uh, cast out demons and heal the, st- the sick, but he could also control uh, nature. Mm-hmm. And we saw that one time. Where did we see that one time? Uh, Jesus was walking on water and then Peter walked on water. Right? That's right. And not only that, but but Peter, Jesus also, uh, the, the waves were going crazy and Jesus commanded the waves to be still. And everything, the winds, the waves, they all calmed down. And and something that I really love to think about when I think about this is just imagine the power of Jesus. Because in order to do that, you have to command every single molecule, every single atom. You have to think and look and speak to each one and say, cease. Whoa, yeah. And they did. Um, so the the crowds went wild for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely wild. Um, there were there were moments when there was over five thousand men on account, which which doesn't account for women and children. So, in the time of Jesus, can you imagine um, over ten thousand people following him, um, just following him around? Crazy town, literally crazy. Um, there were some people who were jealous of him, though, uh, weren't there? Yeah, there were. Yeah, the Pharisees they were pretty jealous, pretty jelly yeah. of him. Uh, yeah. But so there was this moment in time. Uh, so so Peter saw Jesus as the most powerful, popular person in the whole world. Everyone knew who Jesus was. And Peter was his right-hand man. I mean, what what a place to be. It was his rock. It was his rock. Yeah, exactly. And so this, this moment came. Jesus was always talking about leaving this world and going to a, a different kingdom. Um, and he was constantly talking about preparing rooms for them and and um, preparing this place for them and the disciples were always really confused because just like the rest of the Jews the disciples expected Jesus to reign and rule on this world well yeah I mean Matt what was one expectation of the Jews uh, for the Messiah the Messiah was supposed to be was supposed to be a king right supposed to be powerful and how is he going to deal with the nations around them? Conquer and destroy, right? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Conquer and destroy. No, yeah, but no, but the land of Israel, right? Kind of symbolic, but the land they thought was supposed to be ruled, but it and we kind of know now that, that that's not the kingdom that they were coming to coming to rule. Their their heavenly kingdom was the one he was making the rooms for. Exactly. Um, but everyone thought that Jesus was going to rule in this earthly world. 
Mm-hmm. And so Jesus was always talking about leaving, going away, and they can't follow him and whatnot. And they were really confused because this, this just doesn't make any sense. Um, Jesus is supposed to reign and rule here. And then one day they were in an upper room breaking bread, um, just sitting back, uh, taking the, the Lord's Supper and just didn't understand what they were doing. But uh, it didn't help that he only spoke in parables. That's true. <laughs> anyway sorry um but anyway so jesus was there with peter and and the the other 11 and jesus said to peter three times in fact jesus said before the rooster crows you will have denied me three times and peter is is shook he's like jesus i am your right hand man i'm your go-to guy this isn't gonna happen there was Jesus being beaten, whipped, mocked. I mean, the people that were praising Jesus were now looking down at Jesus and spitting in his face. And this is shocking for Peter because Peter knew Jesus as a celebrity. And now Jesus was the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, Comes that true. night, Jesus was an outcast. He was an exile. He was taken and treated like a criminal and hung on a cross. And when Jesus was being beaten and ridiculed, someone came up to Jesus and, and what did what did they say? To, I mean, sorry, someone came up to Peter and what did they say? They said, oh, you know, Jesus, you're one of his apostles. Exactly. And and how did how did Peter respond? Peter says, I never met that man. And there's even accounts of, uh, you know, two more people coming up and, and Peter even started cursing and yelling. Staunchly denying the fact that he had ever met Jesus. He go, went straight against what he told Jesus to his face. Um, and one of the main reasons that this happened is because Peter had always seen Jesus as a celebrity Peter had always seen Jesus as someone who's going to rule this world. And now Jesus is a criminal, not actually criminal, but being treated like a criminal. And so um, Peter's not ready to accept this whole idea of being in exile or that he's following in exile, an outcast. So there Peter is, you know, he's he's just denied Jesus three times. Um, he doesn't like the idea of following an exile at this time, but he 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 walks away um, from this moment and he weeps. He weeps because he just realized that he didn't value Jesus for who he was. Mm-hmm. He valued Jesus for his popularity. Mm-hmm. He valued Jesus because he thought Jesus was going to be this reigning and ruling Messiah. And so he goes away and he weeps. Because he sees the sin in his soul. And he goes away and he no longer expects to be a follower of Jesus. He's going to go back to fishing. Uh, But Jesus one day, after he rises again, praise the Lord. Jesus rose again. Praise the Lord. Peter was out fishing. Jesus comes to the shore. He looks out. He sees Peter and the rest of the disciples fishing with him. Tells him to cast their net on the other side. Peter realizes it's Jesus. Jumps off the boat. 
swims all the way back to shore, and he comes face to face with the Lord that he just denied three times. And Matt, what happens next? What happens next is is that Jesus says to Peter, "Do you love me?" Right, and and Peter says, "Well, he says, do you agape me? Do you do? You, would you lay down your life for me?" And Peter says, "Of course, Jesus, I love you. I love you like a brother." And so Jesus says, "Go and feed my sheep." And then Jesus asks this three times, "Right, do you love me? Would you lay down your life for me?" He says, "Go feed you. Go feed my sheep. Um, tend to my lambs." So what this means is that. Peter's no longer following the Jesus that he was that he had in his head, right? He's he's following an exile Jesus. Um, and when he and when Jesus says to go tend to my sheep, it's kind of speaking to what Peter's writing about in this book. He's writing to the sheep, right? He's writing to the exiles, um, just just like Peter, just like Jesus uh, commanded him to. Exactly. And so Peter realizes that if he's going to follow Jesus. He's going to have to be in exile. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be this right-hand man of this guy who's reigning and ruling on earth. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the right-hand man of, well, someone who's in exile here on earth, but in heaven is the reigning oh, yeah. king. So um, let's go back to the text. It says, to those who are exiles of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. But are these people just exiles here on earth? No, they're not exiles. I mean, they are exiles here on earth, but it then says they are chosen and destined by God. So they're exiles and they're they're chosen. Exactly. So they might be exiles here. And we'll dive more into that next podcast. So stay, stay tuned. They might be exiles here, but they are chosen by God according to God's foreknowledge. And what exactly are they chosen for? They are chosen, one, to be obedient to Jesus, and two, to be sprinkled with his blood. Right. They're chosen not just to be a follower. Yes, they are chosen to be followers of Jesus Christ. But you have to understand to be a follower of Jesus Christ is to be a follower of the life. Remember, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ pronounced himself to be the way, the truth, and the life. Can you imagine a man proclaiming himself to be life itself, to be the source of life? That's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, and, and it's crazy, but that's what Jesus is. And so when, when we are following Jesus, when we are obedient to Jesus— which is what we are called to do. Some people might look at this and say, that, that, is, that is kind of wrong of Jesus to say, you are chosen to obey me. Mm-hmm. But look at it this way. We are chosen to obey life itself. Oh, what a gift. What a gift. Before, we're, before we were obeying death in the way that we were walking. Mm-hmm. Jesus is life. And when we follow Jesus, we follow life. Following Jesus does not mean that it's going to be this hard taskmaster. No, obeying Jesus means you are being obedient to life itself. You are are following the life 
you are walking in life, there is no greater thing. It is a beautiful and awesome calling to be obedient to Jesus Christ. So not only are we called to be obedient to Jesus Christ, but Matt, what else are we called to? Called to be sprinkled with his blood. Take it away. All right. Well, the, the first time I read it, sprinkling with his blood, it gave me the, the image of martyrdom, right? Because, because this talk about Jesus being exiled and, and his blood was literally taken, his, it's sprinkled. But then also the, the imagery of baptism being sprinkled with the blood of Christ, right? To share in his um, family, I guess, his brotherhood, right? To be, mm-hmm. part, to be part of the line of Jesus. What a, what a beautiful gift. And so I, I guess that kind of goes into being sprinkled as, as I don't think, I think it does mean the baptism, baptism, but to share in the life, right? It, which also means to suffer with Christ, but it's also to, to become alive with Christ, right? So the sprinkling with his blood to share in baptism, to come mm. to life in Christ. Exactly. So, so taking what Matt just said and what I was talking about earlier for obedience to Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, what we see here is that we are not chosen to be subject to this heavy yoke that Jesus has for us. We are not chosen to be subject to this burdensome following of Christ. In fact, First John tells us that, that um, it, it is life-giving and easy. It should not be hard to follow Jesus because we are following in obedience to Jesus Christ. We are following to obey life, to be participating in life itself, and we are chosen to be sprinkled with his blood, a.k.a. to be brought into relationship with life mm. itself. So we are chosen to obey life, and we are chosen to be brought into a relationship with life. It's beautiful. Um, and so... And so I guess the next part, you know, we skipped over, we, we, we started to, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion, um, chosen, chosen to obey Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. But we skipped out a little bit on the middle section there. Um, so true, true, true. So our elect exiles, right, according mm-hmm. to the foreknowledge of God, the father in sanctification of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of beautiful, Matt. Don't you think? Because it, it brings in it brings in the Trinity here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, what what do you mean by that? So it says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience yeah. to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, God chooses us, right? There's there's an there's an act of God, uh, the foreknowledge according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. God had had kind of predestined this um, this choosing of Jesus Christ. And when we believe in Jesus, we get brought into this relationship with, with, with God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and obeying Jesus Christ and being sprinkled with his blood is not something that we do on our own. Mm-hmm. It's something that is done through the sanctification of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the spirit. So God is God chooses. He's chosen Christ and we, we participate in Christ's life by believing in Jesus. 
Jesus is the one who we are following. He's the example. He's the forerunner. And it's the Holy Spirit, it says here, that in the sanctification of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us that gives us the ability, that gives us the life to obey right, Jesus right. and be sprinkled with so blood. After Jesus left, then the, this Holy Spirit came and, and gave us the life, right? Mm. Do you think when it says exiles, do you think it means the like the actual people of Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, or does it mean I guess I guess it could mean both. What do you what do you think about that though? Uh, what do you mean a little bit? Like so, it, he's calling them exiles, right? So is he meaning? Uh, I think historically they're known as like Gentile regions. Is he kind of mm -hmm. talking about that? Um, or I guess like like the the exile people, like them themselves being exiles, non Jewish people. But then he's, is he calling them exiles that or I guess like himself and Jesus being exiles to share in the exile ship of them? I, I, I'm wondering how the people who were reading this letter were taking it. Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think I think uh, I think that. I mean, it could be both. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to we're going to find out as we keep diving into it that um, Pete, what Peter really means, um, especially when we go to. Chapter two, uh, verses nine. We'll, we'll get into that later. But you know, he he is specifically referring to these people as as exiles um, to this world. But but it's interesting because you're right. These people knew what it meant to be kind of outcasts, you know, to be Gentiles, um, being around Jewish people, um, and the Jews knew what it meant to be kind of ex exiled from the Gentiles. I mean, both. You know, the, the, these yeah, these yeah. regions were primarily Gentile um, that he was writing to, um, and Asia Minor, and there were some Jewish communities. Um, but ultimately, the ultimate exile is to be a Christian, because mm -hmm. at this time, the Christians were being persecuted. And so we're going to dive into that, you know, next next week. But these Christians were ultimately being persecuted. And so they were exiles from this world. So I guess an application that we could walk away from this with is um, where, where is your heart? Are you seeking to find your home here on earth? Or are you one of the audience members that Peter's writing to? Have you decided that you are going to follow the chief exile? of this world, Jesus Christ? And are you going to lay this world behind in heavy pursuit of Jesus Christ? Amen, brother. Um, I just, just, just quick, um, I really want to touch in on this. Um, one of my favorite parables is in Matthew 13, 44. And I want to read it for you because um, I think this has... A lot of application here. Matthew 13, 44. It says this. Um, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Are we like this believer? where heaven is so valuable 
being a follower of Jesus Christ is so valuable that you go and you sell all that you have in this world. You count it as nothing because you want to follow Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, I, I think about Peter on that shore with Jesus. Imagine he was out there fishing. As he was fishing, he realized that he had abandoned Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he starts to wonder, is this worth it? Is it worth it to go back to the world? Which is crazy because he knew he knew Jesus like personally. Mm -hmm. He knew that he wasn't bluffing or anything. So it's crazy that those thoughts, I mean, I guess that's super representative of who we are about the thoughts that pop back into our head. Do Is it worth it for me? Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to save up to buy a field. Mm -hmm. Peter's uh, writing this letter for these people who are being harassed and probably beaten by the, the, the communities that they're in. So he's encouraging them to remain faithful because it's so valuable, right? Way more valuable than any field, any treasure in a field. Mm. Yeah, way more valuable. And so I just want you guys to think um, today, is it worth it to be considered in an exile in this world to be a follower of Jesus Christ? So worth it. I mean, it's no question, but maybe, maybe for some of you it is. Um, true, true. And so think about it and and pray about it and and talk to the Lord and and see, you know, is this worth it? No, I can Matt, tell you. Any... No, no, no. In like in the, I just said it very, a very resounding. Of course, it's worth it. But in like the mornings when you wake up or at work behind the desk, it's not always worth it. I mean, it doesn't always feel that, that the fear, like the, uh, the voice of the, of the devil creeps in and tells you that it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Matt, do you want to uh, give us a quick closing prayer and sure do. All right. Holy spirit. We beg of you to come in a new and powerful way. Uh, we ask you to allow these words to sink in. Um, to reach the depths of our of our hearts and our minds, help us to be um, to be exiles for you and not to be ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. And we pray that through uh, the first letter of Saint Peter, um, we could allow Peter to introduce us more and more to the, the person of Jesus um, and the leader and the exile and the Christ uh, that Jesus is now. And we pray this all in His most holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Two Boys in the Bible. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace.